everybody, and wel- welcome back to a special morning edition of One for One, but it's not really morning, it's more of like One for One after dark, because um, the two first ladies, the potter, currently sound asleep, and Miles and I are waking up early to record in the name of the pod. Miles, how you doing? Good, Nolan. How are you? I'm yeah. getting a kick out of it because, like, I can I can see you and I can uh, hear just the the occasional clinking of silverware against your plate as, as you have a nice little breck. And you know, I'm not chirping. I want that for you. I want you to enjoy a cute little cute little nourishing snack. Give me a give me a after that sip of coffee. Oh, yeah. That's that's, that's good, what you want to see. Good coffee. Good coffee. Good coffee. Good coffee, even for Folgers. <laughs> the best part of waking up is Folgers in your Folgers cup. No dis- free ads. Folgers is the worst. I will never take a sponsorship from Folgers. They could, <sighs> they, they could, they could fund the show for twenty years, and I'm not. I'm. I will, will not, will not say Folgers is good coffee. Folgers, if you're listening, I will say Folgers <laughs> is good coffee. I'm a whore. <laughs> um, Miles. It's um, it's 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 been a pretty fun week, um, with Oilers hockey. Um, dude, dude, it's been a fun week, like in general. I th- I feel like I've been full on teenage mutant ninja turtle mode since we last recorded. Uh, have you been a teenage dirtbag baby like the song "Teenage Dirtbag" by Weedus? Well, oh, dude, Weedus is sick. We- that's a sick song. The that's One Direction sick. cover of that song is also pretty tight. I will never- not. I've never heard the One Direction cover of it. It's it's worth a listen. It's certainly worth a YouTube. Is it as a friend? Good? As a friend, I would suggest it. Um, speaking another of, shady music taste. Speaking of random music covers, do you remember when? Um, do you remember when it was like that that band on YouTube? It was called like Boyce Avenue or whatever, and they covered "I Miss You." No, I don't. I don't think I ever saw that. Oh, I I remember because like I went to high school with a bunch of with a bunch of people that were like, "Have you heard the Have you heard the Boyz Avenue cover of I Miss You?" And then you listen to it, and the reason why that song fucking whips is because of Tom DeLonge's stupid voice in the the second part of the first verse, where he does the "Where are you?" and Boyce Avenue tries to make it to like sad boy like Grey's Anat like songs that would be on Grey's Anatomy, and it just and it, 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 it just ruins it. So um, I don't know why where that came from, but I was thinking about it the other day. You know, and I, I, I there's like I was thinking about um, songs of Christmas past. I don't know why I said Christmas past. Just like songs of past. Um, you know, like, do you ever like listen to YouTube and randomly come across like a sick song? It's like three thirty in the morning. You were like in grade twelve, and you had your whole life in front of you, and you'll never be able to find that song again. But it's just like somewhere in the back of your memory. I do that, but it's mainly for like actual YouTube videos. Like, um, <laughs> I came across I came across college humor videos the other day. Do you remember college oh, humor? Yeah, I remember college humor though. That revolutionized the internet for a while <laughs> there was like um i watched a video that was sort of like a documentary about the fall of college humor and the guy and one of the what it was when they had their website in like 2004 2005 
And one of the pictures was like, this is where the, uh, uh, or it was like, it was something along the lines of like, big boobs gets you a free beer or something like that. I'm like, that's problematic. Please don't do that anymore. College humor. <laughs> College humor walked so Barstool could run. That's, man, that's a, that's fucking philosophical. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. In the morning, I'm, I'm Socrates. But Nolan. Yes, Miles. You know what else I am in the morning? Um, hot. <laughs> Another word that starts with an H. Excited to talk about the week of Oilers hockey that we have just experienced because what a week it was. Wow. Oilers. I mean, you really can't complain much about this Dude, week. <laughs> outside, outside of last night, you can't complain about a damn thing. And you know what? Even then, outside, like including last night, are you really complaining? You're just a little disheartened more than anything. But Nolan, if you don't mind, I might run the folks at home through what we're going to talk about today so we can get right into the show because we've got a lot to cover and not a lot of time to do it before I go off the grid once again and embark on another quest. He's uh, he'll he'll be off the grid grid grid. <laughs> okay, Miles, go ahead, do it. Give me the rundown. We are going all the way back to April 1st. Re- re- <laughs> And that's not a fool's joke. That's not a fib. That's not a little a little fun gag for the show. That's a that's a serious statement. We're going back to April first, talking about the game against the St. Louis Blues. We will then move into the game against the Anaheim Ducks. Move into the game against the San Jose Sharks. The Los Angeles Kings get a couple of minutes of chat here, and then we're going to talk about last night's game against the Colorado Avalanche. A little bit of other Oilers notes surrounding some of the prospects and some of the players and signings that have happened in the past week. And then we'll wrap things up with some general National Hockey League talk and get you out of here good, well-rested, and fed for a week ahead. Miles, I slept for four hours last night. <laughs> yeah, dude, I didn't sleep for I didn't sleep a lot either, packing and whatnot, and I am exhausted. I I I think I got up four different times this morning, and by got up I mean I pressed snooze. <laughs> and I was like, okay, I know I have to add some stuff with the notes, but you luckily came in the clutch with some with some notes, so I really yeah. appreciate it, dude. Thank you, I appreciate you as well. Some of these lines are gonna. I'm wondering how they're gonna read because I wrote them in like a state of delirium <laughs> last night, and I, I think some of them are pretty suspect. If I'm not if I'm not uh, mistaken. <laughs> All right, well, how about we get to the game on April 1st? The which game. I, which so... <laughs> Do you want me to read the title? Yes, please. 4-1, April Fools. <laughs> <laughs> this is not how it's finished. <laughs> what a joke. Oh, God, we're fucked. Um, but, um, I mean... The reason why I say 4-1 is because, holy hell, the Oilers got off to a hell of a start against the St. Louis Blues. Um, I mean, game immediately got off to a hot start with Zach Hyman uh, just tucking one, a, a hot, a hot tuck uh, from Leon Dreisaitl and Kyler Yamamoto is a yummy, yummy, yummy way to make it one nothing. It's like a minute 50 into the game and the children's author decides that it's time to pot one. And then, uh, un- unfortunately, uh, one of my favorite players in the league, pa- Pavel Buchnevich, uh, makes unassisted may or uh, his unassisted twenty second makes it a tie game. Was this? Can the we one- talk. Can we talk the- about Pavel Buchnevich for a second? Sure. 
What he what a talented hockey player. He's so good. He's just he's so good very good. It's um, I cannot believe the Rangers made that trade. Yeah, what did the Rangers get back for him? Like a, a dog, like a small dog, a second round pick, and basically a dog, Sammy Blay. A, a small dog, a, a small st- a small Rottweiler, a sturdy seventeen year old terrier mix. Low center of gravity, built for speed. Um, still has like like a touch for gray commercial, you know, where he uh, old enough to know what he's doing, young enough to still be able to do it. Basically, basically. So Butchnevich scores and makes it uh, makes it a one one game, and then Zachary Martin Hyman, who is an author of children's books, says, "Fuck you, little Ruski. I'll get my own unassisted goal, and the boys are back up two to one." Then follow up. Evander Kane scores to make it 3-1. I ripped a dart and cried because every time, every time Evander Kane scores, you gotta you gotta just take a deep breath and come to the conclusion that things are just things are just gonna happen and everything is in its right place apparently. The fuck does that mean? <laughs> Can't you just be happy that this man is is doing what the good Lord intended, and that's scoring goals and taking penalties? See, see, I can. I get to that point, and then all of a sudden, I'll be scrolling through Twitter, and then a fucking um, and then like an Anna Kane uh, uh Instagram story will pop up, and I'm like, okay, th- now I'm sad again. <laughs> um. Does anyways, short short handed by the way, which once again, I've been loving this whole Jay Woodcroft with like the dying minutes left in the penalty kill, throwing out Connor McDavid and Evander Kane and almost seeming like he's trying to take advantage of the tired legs on the power play for the other team. Well, tired legs, a little bit more space on the ice. Like it's, it's a little injection of life into the game. My guy, it is good stuff. It's good stuff. How Um, big of a crush do I have on Jay Woodcroft? Scale one to 10. Just take a guess. I would say a 69. (laughs) You know me too well. It's uh, it is very close to six. Okay, so a funny story. So uh, West Coast Mal got in Thursday, and we're hanging out, and she's like uh, trying to download something. And I was like, oh, like do you want to, like hop on the Wi-Fi? And she's like, yeah, sure. Like, what's the password? And I was like, oh, it's four two zero six nine six nine. And she's like punching in or whatever. And she's like, I don't think that's enough numbers. I don't think that's gonna come up. And I was like, yeah, because I just told you the numbers four twenty sixty nine sixty nine. I was like, that's definitely not the password. <laughs> You probably could change. You probably could change it to that. Yeah, absolutely could, but it was just it was very sweet that she was like thought that I was that she, like being sincere she, and didn't catch on a, <laughs> that she had such an innocent mind to think that you were not a degenerate. Um, honored dad from E Kane and Victoria BC Barry scores. So now it's four one Oilers. If you're keeping track at home, um, <laughs> I think this line's funny. Rob Thomas gets his matchbox 14th goal of the year to give the Blues a little bit of life. And then Sasky Shen decides that he's going to score one as well. And the house of cards start the house of cards starts to cave in on itself. Darnell Nurse uh gets a goal from Evander Kane and Cody Cece. So it's 5-3 going into the third period. What could go wrong? Nothing. It's April Fools. This is a holy day. Well, Miles, unfortunately, the St. Louis Blues had different plans because um, Pavel Buchnevich and Ivan Barbashev get goals from Russia with the love bone. Let's go to OT and have a little bit of fun. 
So after the two Russians decide to make it five to five and send this one into the extra frame, uh, April Fools, Connor gets the overtime winner from Leon and Darnell Nurse. A perfect end to a joke of a day. 31 saves from Mike Smith. He had a .867 save percentage, which is not entirely what you want to see. But at the end of the day, he stopped the shots that ultimately mattered. No others were able to pick up two points. Um, 40 to 36 was the shot count for the Edmonton Oilers. It was 60% to 40% on draws for St. Louis. So a tough night in the dot. 0 for 1 on the power play and 3 for 3 on the PK. So the special teams were 0 to 100 real quick. No one. Did you yes. see? Did you see St. Louis and the NHL actually did kind of a cool thing before this game? Um, Blues prospect and Edmonton Oil Kings star, uh, Team Canada World Junior Team star Jake Neighbors was at this game. Okay. Did you see what was going on? Mm-mm. No, it was kind of funny. So because it was April Fools, they had him like wearing a hat and a Blues jersey, and they had him like down uh, for warmups, like sitting against the glass. So he's got like his head through the glass and the guys are coming out, right? And he's like, Shannon, a boy, like, see, let's go. And he's like talking because he's, you know, he's been to prospect camp with all these guys. He's their blue chip prospect, right? He's, he's a big deal in that organization. So they were like trying to see how many of these guys were going to be locked in mm-hmm. and were going to be like paying attention and be able to figure out like, oh, that's Jake Neighbors, not just some shitty teenager in a backwards 47 brand, <laughs> no free ads hat, um, just trying to get attention or whatever, right? So Guys are flipping him pucks and like giving him nods and stuff like that, not knowing who he is at all. It it, it was so funny. It's like a, it's a guy that like they're probably going to be getting fed passes from next year, and I think three or four of the guys actually fit, like figured out who he was. One of them was Braden Shen, so we like a we like a Saskatchewan boy who's aware of his surroundings. But I thought it was quite funny, and uh, I would get de- funny. I would definitely suggest it's like a three minute video that if you're if you're able to check it out on NHL or St. Louis's social media, it's it's worth a watch. It's it's good it's good fun. That kind of reminds me of the videos of um of when uh Tyler Connolly, the lead singer of Theory of a Dead Man, would go around to like <laughs> England and then interview people and say, Do you know who I am? And they would Dude, say that's- no. I think that's either two of the past two or two of the past three it's shows where you've talked where you've talked about Tyler Connolly from Theory of a Dead Man. Like if he ever goes missing, they're checking your basement. For sure. He'll probably be here. <laughs> and I don't mean that consensually. Like you're gonna like kidnap him. Um Miles, uh, before we close out this game here, do you want to hear old takes exposed for this week? Yeah. At one for one pod, <laughs> Woodcroft, Holland, and Co. desperately need a contingency plan regarding Smith in the backup role and need to figure it out now. Vegas Golden Knights are assuming a win tonight. Are st- still are only three points back of Edmonton with upcoming opponents that include Vancouver three times, Arizona, New Jersey Devils, San Jose, and Chicago. Meanwhile, Colorado. Or meanwhile, Edmonton has Colorado twice, LA Kings, Minnesota, Nashville, Dallas, and Pittsburgh. Albeit with some Anaheim, San Jose. Jose, Columbus, and Vancouver mixed in. The point is this team cannot continue to piss away points because Holland and Woodcroft don't want to lose good boy tokens with Mike Smith. Bottom line is this, call up Stuart Skinner, you burn out Miko Koskin, and this should be the final performance for Mike Smith. Man. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> well, 
we might as well just keep rolling because that take that take is gonna snowball into the freaking deep freeze, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but yeah. who saw it coming? I, I mean, it, it's it's such a it's such a roll of the dice. He is a literal roller coaster of a of a of an athlete. Like I'm in a glass cage of emotions. No, it's it's like stepping it's like stepping through a minefield. Like you just try to avoid. <laughs> it's like oh, you can you, you you can have a clear path and maybe lead to a you know, only allowing one or two goals, but then you step on that mine, fucking seven past you. <laughs> um. So- there's a game April 3rd in time yes. and you have titled this one L50 on. Yes, because hot Leon is staring 50 in the eyes um, and Mike Smith is back in net, unfortunately. <laughs> um, sex, money, murder. Because <laughs> that's what happens when Mike Smith steps between the cage. There's there's three options. It's sex, money, or murder. <laughs> Is 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 Mike Smith murder? Sex or money or murder? Oh, one of the three. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. It's kind of like a choose your own adventure with Mike Smith. It is honestly. It's like oh. which one are we gonna get tonight, boys? <laughs> uh, and then, uh, <laughs> what the fuck? Tyson Island Boy Barry carrying his fucking weight for once. That barefoot bitch, McDavid and Evander get the apples. Yeah, so oil, 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 Oilers went up. <laughs> Oilers are up one nothing. Yeah. So I like to make fun of Tyson Berry being like a West Coast vibey king, um, strictly because like he posted a Instagram like in the forest with his wife and his dog, and he wasn't wearing shoes. And I think we were like, you and I were joking about it, like sending pictures of like the Hobbit back and forth. It's it's like a genuinely kind of a, like no offense to Tyson Berry, but kind of an embarrassing picture, <laughs> like. I probably wouldn't let that one out. You can just keep that one in the vault, Tyson. Keep that one. In, keep 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 that one on your iPhoto. Switch the account to private if that's the if that's the way you're gonna go. Um, so it's one nothing Oilers. Um, McDavid decides that he will not be outdone by Barefoot Tyson, Barefoot Blue Jean Knight Tyson, and gets his own goal, his 40th of the year, a very quiet 40 from McDanielson. Uh, the assist went again to Barry and Nuge. This was a power play tally to nothing Oilers. Just like that, Nuge gets his own from Tyson Berry and uh, new oiler Brett Kulak. Uh, the dangerous D-men, as I'm calling them, get the penicillin. Um, <clears throat> then Jesse talks cro- cross out Fox. <laughs> He's a poor Harvey. Gets his 13th for number 13 from McDad and Evander Kane. Zach Aston Reese, unfortunately, gets one for the Quackheads. <laughs> Because they're ducks, get it? Quack, quack. And then Brett Kulak, puck on a stick, welcome to the Thunderdome, bang. Scores his first as an Edmonton Oiler. Leon Dreisettle and Cody Cece got you, baby. Um, now, leading into this whole Leon Dreisettle 50th goal nonsense, only a few days before, or maybe it was one day before, I can't remember. Time, time is a flat circle. Um, uh, Austin Matthews scored his fiftieth of the season, and as much as I like to, as as much as as it is funny to laugh about it, you actually would think that nobody has ever scored fifty goals in this league because of how much media coverage it got. <laughs> 
Is um, he the greatest leaf of all time? Oh my god, man. The pieces and it's never gonna stop. It's actually never gonna stop. Okay, you know what? I I I agree with you. And like it, it happens every year where the first player to hit 50 it's such a big deal and not first player to hit 50 because like how many years really like off the top of the dome have we had multiple 50 goal scorers in the NHL? No, it's, it's definitely, it's, it's the highest scoring season I think since the early nineties, which is, yeah, it's awesome. It's incredible that we get to see it. But like you said, you like, this is like, I'm trying to think of an adequate analogy. This is like a family of of three and the, the firstborn, kid like gets an a plus and they put it on the fridge and then like the second kid the middle child like wins their sporting tournament and they put the trophy in the basement and then the third kid like gets into a very prestigious school and they like just throw out the acceptance letter yeah because because austin matthew scored 50 goals so the nhl should just fucking shut down Um, but, uh, going into this whole 50th goal thing, uh, during this game, uh, Leon Dreisaitl actually went to go, I believe it was Trevor Zegris, it was Trevor Zegris, he went to go check and, um, completely hurt himself. And he, uh, it looked like there was a bit of a knee injury, but apparently afterwards it was known as like a bruise. But anyways, Leon was hobbling around, um, <laughs> but luckily, he was hobgoblin around. Uh, but in the third period, Brett Kulak, puck on a stick, sends it over to Leon Drysaddle from the certified rock star zone per heat daddy himself <laughs> and scores his 50th of the season. And we love to see hot Leon score. 50 goals, man. 50 goals again. 50 and 50. He's the only player, or I believe he's the only player in like 20 years to to do, or to, to score 50 and to score 50 and 50 twice. Like to do like the 50 goals, 50 assists. Yeah. Like I remember seeing a graphic. It's Leon and like Mario Lemieux and like some other pretty impress- uh, impressive Malkin, names. Malkin yeah, in, Mal- his, in his heart trophy season. Right. So like that's pretty elite company to be in, right? Are we, are we, we take him for granted. We take him for granted so much, like not just Oiler fans, but hockey fans in general. Like, um, (laughs) I shouldn't expose him like this, but shout out to our our friend of the show, uh, Steak and Bacon decided to release an insider list of top 10 players (laughs) in the NHL, his personal ranking. And he put Leon Dreisaitl at 11, which is just absolutely (laughs) unhinged. No, no, Kale McCarr in the top ten either. So we're wondering about the uh, validity of this top ten list. But like, I feel like there's a number of people that would probably not even put Drysaddle in their top three, and I think that they would be wrong to do so. I think so. that's a that I think that that's a massive mistake to not do that. And I don't think that that's just like Oilers rose-colored glasses. Like, again, we're talking about a guy who's got fifty goals, fifty assists twice in his career in the past couple of seasons, like he's doing some pretty amazing shit Mm -hmm. on a nightly basis. So it's time that Leon gets the credit that he deserves. So congratulations to Leon and Celeste as they celebrate this, another 50 goal campaign. The, like the nutty part is I think he's like, he's such a charismatic star and I don't understand why the (laughs) NHL doesn't market him more. Cause he really is like, if you, I thought you were being sarcastic. No, he is though, man. Like he does the, he, like if, if you listen to him, like in interviews, he is genuinely like really funny and he is really likable. It's just a matter of how the NHL could market him. I don't think they market him because he just reeks of piss. 
like like oh oh because he's so pissy. Yes. Oh. Uh, that's that's pretty funny. That is that that is really that's good. good. That's that that's quick. Funny. Um so Leon scores his fiftieth goal from Brett Kulak. It's six one Edmonton, and that is your final score. Oilers had forty six shots on net to the Ducks thirty two. Uh twenty seven to thirty in face offs in favor of the Ducks. Oilers are one for two on the power play and one for one on the penalty kill. So that means that the Anaheim Ducks did not score on the penalty kill on the power play. Special teams success. Uh, hits were low. It was 13 to 14 in favor of the Ducks. So low physicality. I don't really give a shit. 31 saves for Mike. Way to go. Now go cut your kid's hair. We move on down the road in to uh, San Jose. So we move up the road, not really down the road, up the road into NoCal. For a and, game against and, the and, Sharks, and, and and what did you and what did you call this game, Miles? I titled this game "Gator Dunn Larry the Cable Guy Comedy Special Two One Edmonton versus San Jose on April fifth, twenty twenty two." And I think that that's a fairly appropriate name given what happened in this game. <laughs> um, because well, to start off the comedy, Mike Smith got his third got his third start in a row. <laughs> people are people are wondering: is this is he back? <laughs> is is Mike Smith elite? Um, and it's honestly very surprising because you'd think that Stuart Skinner might get the start because they're in California and they could just be like, hey, Stuart, come on over. Like, get a start. You shut out the Sharks last time. You can do it again. Nope. Uh, no. 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 Because Mike, Mike Smith just drank the elixir of youth and it's time to ride this man into the fucking ground. Um, so yeah, three in a row for Mike Smith, uh, start the kid, um, Callie gives him a little bit of youth. Nice. Love to see it. Uh, so how does this game start? Nolan Thomas hurdle scores first classic Oilers, one, nothing sharks. <laughs> I mean, you just, you, you just, you, you just like, you, you just can't write this stuff, right? <laughs> scores from a camera angle that can only be described as wide. Oh man. That camera angle set in San Jose is so stupid. <laughs> I kind of like it. It looks like it looks like when you play NHL and it's like the really high, it's like the really yeah. high camera angle. Because no. that's how I play NHL. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to at. see all. I need to see all the backdoor options as they open up. I play. I play in broadcast mode. Um, okay. Uh, and then this game was honestly pretty pretty uneventful for the most part. Um, well, yeah, because Thomas Hurdle scores in the first period, and then nothing happens until two periods later when Nuge gets a shorty uh, from Nurse and Hyman. So that was we're off such to a OT. sick play. That was <laughs> unreal. Like the tic tac toe passing on that. Ooh. And yeah, and I mean this is a pretty quick game because in OT Mike Smith makes a huge stop and then sees. A streaking Connor McDavid sent sends a pass up to him, tape to tape, and it was like it wasn't even it was like a curling pass. He like basically like curled the puck out, like almost like he was throwing a rock. And Hard. Connor just <laughs> Connor just finishes off as Connor does and sends us to bed all happy. Can we Oilers. talk about the celly for two minutes? Oh my god, it was so cool. Connor scores, turns around, and just does the classic point down the ice to Smitty. Like just the like year the man gives him a couple finger wags. It, it it looks like he was doing one of these. Oh yeah, he was he was dancing, man. They're yeah, dan- he, they're dance they're dancing to second place in the division. Oh man, I want more. I want more Oilers Oilers locker room content. Oh my god, the boys are buzzing. 
Um, so cute. Um, the so w- with this win, it actually puts them up one point on the Los Angeles Kings, leading them to an inevitable meeting. Hey, hold can... on, hold on, hold on, okay. hold on. Okay, okay. So this game finishes two to one. Connor gets the overtime winner. Winner. Boom, boom. Uh, Michael had 32 saves. He is back. Some some people are saying he might be back. 50% on draws. We love to see that. 0 for 2 on the power play and 3 for 3 on the penalty kill. Um, oh, fuck. I'm looking at the wrong one. I'm an idiot. Scratch all of that. Don't listen to me per, per Jennifer Hedger. I am wrong. So this game ended up being 32 shots to 24 in favor of the Sharks. So the Oilers were outshot. outshot. Um, Oilers won 46% of the draws. 0 for 2 on the power play. And they were uh, two for three on the penalty kill. Out hit 22 to 19. And Michael Smith deservingly got first star of this game. So back to the top of the docket on this one. It was titled Geeter Dunn, Larry the Cable Guy Comedy Special. And the reason that I have titled it that is because this was a game that the Oilers probably did not expect to win or did not deserve to win. Do you have the expect a winometer percentage handy? No, but I can pull it up while you're finishing up finishing up your 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 tangent. Tangent. Good morning to you too, Nolan. Uh, but this this is this this is a game that the Oilers are never really in the driver's seat of. Fifty-eight percent um, sharks. Oh, sixty percent sharks. Sixty percent sharks, right? So realistically speaking, the Oilers were probably going to drop this one, but they needed to win with the race that's going on in the Pacific Division right now. The race that's going on in the Western Conference playoff picture needed to get the two points this is a team that they have to get two points from you know they get out of it with one point whatever maybe it's something that we can live with but realistically this is a game that they need to get two out do two from they found a way to do it and at the end of the day they get her done and leave san jose with two big points in the suitcase which like i mentioned before puts them up one point on the los angeles kings leading to a meeting between the two in the next game on April 7th, suck my dowdy. Mike Smith starts again. <laughs> California love. And the Oilers, they said, you know what? We're not going to do what we did in San Jose. We're going to get started off ourselves. McDavid starts it off one nothing from Evan Bouchard. Let's freaking go. C-U-M to play come to play that's how the boys came out of the gate in this one <clears throat> mary tyler moore i don't know oh is it are you doing trevor moore is that yeah. what it's supposed to be <laughs> i just thought mary tyler moore was funny i've been watching some of that 70s show and oh, jackie is obsessed with the mary tyler, mary tyler moore show so i just saw t moore on the uh on the uh score sheet and i was like yeah i'm gonna make a mary tyler moore joke here that makes sense thanks man uh, you're, you're, you're welcome. Uh, <laughs> I get so shorty s like a melody in my head. <laughs> Shorty's like a melody in my head. <laughs> to even it up, man, that was such a fucking frustrating goal because <laughs> Tyson Berry coughs it up and then Leon Dreisaitl does not care to back check on that play. He's like, fuck it, it's going in. That's that's, 2020, that's 2019, 2020 Oilers. Um, then... Putting us up to to one, Fog Daddy gets one from Carhartt Hero, Derek Ryan, and Hot Evan. Two one Oilers. Fun part about this is the line of 
Derek Broussard, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and Zach Cassian uh, was doing absolutely nothing as it has been for the last few games because Zach Cassian is only a passenger, like the <laughs> artist passenger, let her go. Um, and man, Jay Woodcroft immediately immediately identified that and was like, okay, you two are gone. And I think they played like maybe, I think they played seven and five minutes respectively in the entire game. And so Derek Ryan and Warren Fogle moved up to play with Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And what did you know? They immediately had chemistry. <laughs> wow, it's crazy. It's like when you play guys that give a shit, you get more out of them. That's uh, yeah, well, it's I, I still really like Derek Broussard. I think he has a lot to give. But, I mean, there's definitely a problem with Zach Cassian. And I have absolutely no idea how they're going to solve this issue in the offseason. It's going to be really bad. Um, we have to finish this game up, but I do actually have, uh, some, some messages from an insider within the Edmonton Oilers organization that I would like to read to you. Oh, is uh, it, for, is it from later. Ken Holland himself? No, but an unnamed Oilers insider, uh, did, did send me a message about some, <laughs> some stuff that's going on. So we're going to, we'll keep going and then we'll, we'll, we'll come back. Okay, sounds good. Um, uh, Evan gets his own cute, cute, cute boy from Kane and McDavid so hot. I'm reading Miles' notes. If you if you can't tell anybody, um, Victor Arvidsson gets one, but but that's about as far as they would go as the Oilers win three two and believe them in the last final minute, final four minutes to kill the game. Um, yeah. So oh, what man. I mean by what I mean by bully them is like they were tenacious on the yeah. puck. They were chopping the puck down. Like there was a sequence where I think LA was trying to break the line and uh, D man pokes it up. Uh, winger chips it up on the boards. Zach Hyman comes in like in a foot race against the Kings D-man back in the Kings zone and like has three Kings around him and is just like chipping the puck back and forth on the board, spinning around, controlling, corralling, losing the puck, getting it back. And it just burned like 35 seconds off the clock. Like they were not letting LA get freaking anything going, any sort of momentum. Even if he doesn't, even if Zach Hyman doesn't score, he's so valuable to this team. Like, just his just his ten, just his his tenacity on pucks and being able to hold possession in the offensive zone is completely insane i so, don't i don't want to be dramatic and i am genuinely asking i wonder like would you consider this year not so much like a culture change but like a renaissance of the oilers for so I, many reasons right like getting rid of tippet like emergence of these guys become some of these younger guys becoming like mainstay leaders. I've, like I had this, I've been trying to, I've been having sort of this, this conversation kind of sort of back and forth with Taylor the last little whiles, because um, I've been obviously talking a lot about how much I love Jay Woodcroft as a head coach. And she said, yeah, but you did the same thing when it came to Hen or when it, when it came to Ken Hitchcock and you did the exact same thing when it came to Dave Tippett. And I said the the Ken Hitchcock thing was more due to the fact that the team was obviously in a major tailspin and the team was obviously going to miss the playoffs. So it was fun to cheer this this old coach that had been out of the league for a year and <laughs> is just kind of like really funny to like really funny in his in his postgame interviews and stuff because he's so cantankerous and crusty um, simply simply out of breath going to grab a water yeah. yeah and 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 with tip it was like yeah we're we're seeing a difference but 
it, it, I don't think it was necessarily the Dave Tippett effect of it. I think it was more the Leon Dreisaitl and Connor McDavid were allowed to cheat so hard offensively and and just put up heart trophy seasons offensively while the entire decor stunk. Like, I think the biggest misconception about Dave Tippett is that he's like this defensive stalwart head coach because anybody that watched the Oilers the past two years should know that they gave that they gave they gave up some of the most high danger chances per game and a lot of that was due to the fact that he allowed his forwards to cheat offensively. And he had no signs of of, of playing any sort of depth whatsoever. So it's been very nice to see that with Jay Woodcroft, there has been a stylistic change. Like, you can't tell me that this Oilers team that's been playing the last week is anything similar to what the Oilers team of October was, um, besides the names on the back of the jerseys. That's really about it. It's it's so much different. And I think the um, the influence of Jay Woodcroft that he may have had on Ken Holland when it came to acquisitions... Um, prime example Brett Kulak I think Brett Kulak has fit in so well on this team and looks I I honestly man I I would consider re-signing him for like three or four years if they can get the money right like if they can get like two two and a half million per year like it's been talked about if they can get that deal if they can get that deal done that's perfect for sure and I'm gonna go back to what you were saying about uh, like getting the most out of acquisitions I think that that's what I was kind of getting at when I started, when I brought this up is like what they've, because this off season was a major off season and right. And like Cody CC, like uh, Tyson Berry gets resigned, Fogue comes in, Bear goes out, Hyman gets signed. All these sort of moves are being made. I feel like Hyman's really been the only major consistent piece that was brought in that yeah. has lived up to <clears throat> kind of expectations and he surpassed expectations, but yeah. That's what I was sort of getting at at the beginning was just that like I feel like Zach Hyman has kind of been this this beam of positivity around the Oilers all season as like a leader and locker room guy and presence and just like professional. So very happy to have Zach Hyman on this team. And like you said at the beginning when we were talking about him coming to the Oilers, we weren't necessarily thrilled about it. We weren't thrilled about the term, but we were thrilled about the player. Yeah. And we are big fans of Zachary Hyman here at One for One HQ. And at, and at the end of the day, if the Oilers win a Stanley Cup in the next two or three years, um, I don't care about the back half of that contract. He could be making $9 million. If he helps lead this team to a Stanley Cup, that's literally all that matters. Absolutely, man. And you know what? Leafs fans uh, are, are, are salty about it because they're not talking about it. Yeah, I mean, I think they're pretty happy with Michael Bunting and all the success that they have going on in Toronto right now, which is perfectly normal and perfectly fine. But I, I really think that, I think that, I, I, I don't know if you can kind of, if you can consider them mutually exclusive. I think that they're two very different situations, and I think that Zach Hyman is going to show so much more of a value to the Oilers than maybe than maybe he necessarily would in Toronto. You never know. I mean, it's all fun and games in Toronto until you've got either Tampa, Boston, or uh, Florida writing your name in the side of a bullet in the first round. But we'll uh, we'll get to that. It's a little Nickelback reference for the kids at home. Side of a bullet, great song. Throw it on your playlist. But uh, yeah, Nolan, anything else you want to say about this game, or am I able to read you the message that I got here from a uh, 
insider here at Rogers Place. Yeah, let's let's hear it. So for, thanks, Nolan. So the, um, this is a this is a message from a parking lot attendant at Rogers Place, and this is kind of what they had to say. Um, this this was an interaction that they had uh, in the parking garage a couple of weeks ago. Whose fucking 2018 F550 extended cab is in the parkade? It's been idling here for six hours. The parkade is heated. What the hell is going on? How did it even get down here? The maximum height is six foot eight, and this thing is on 38 inch tires alone. It's got a full Hobart welding rig on it. This doesn't even make any sense. Like, this is literally impossible that it got in here. There's not even a parking pass in the window. Just six years of Craven Country Jamboree general camping stickers. I'm so confused. Can someone please help me figure out what the fuck is going on here? Yeah, honestly, this wouldn't even be a problem, but there's no ventilation down here. And the diesel smoke is making me so incredibly horny. I can't do my job. Yeah, normally it wouldn't even be an issue, but like the soot from the exhaust is just absolutely covering everything, including my jeans, which are soaking wet from how horny this diesel truck is making me. I just want to find the owner and let him know how amazing it looks, how well it's been taken care of. Oh, and Connor said if it parks that close to his Range Rover again, he's going to get Lauren to write them a letter. Now, I don't want to speculate. But I think that that exchange uh, from our insider was about Derek Ryan, the hardworking Carhartt King himself. I have no words. Yeah, I mean, like, it's it's pretty crazy to get messages like that. I don't know how some of these people get my number, but, like, I do really appreciate that they uh, – that they take the time to, to let me know what's going on in Rogers, because like, that's the sort of breaking news that, that the media just doesn't get you. And that's what, uh, that's what people keep coming back to the pod for is, is, is for the, the non mainstream news, but the very factual and the very important hard hitting Edmonton Oilers. You're news. like a, you're, you're like, you're like a trade breaker, but, but because it's Derek Ryan and he's, it's like trade breaker. <laughs> Cause you know, cause like the trades, J-Man, J-Man trades, <laughs> Red Seal trades. Let's go, baby. Derek, yeah. <laughs> Derek, you have to update your TDG. <laughs> Jay Woodcroft just gives him an allotment of money that he can spend on new tools. Most guys put it into sticks, but he's out here getting high vis. <laughs> And a pair of red wing boots. <laughs> I fucking hate you. I hate you so much. <laughs> okay. Shall we get get to the Colorado game? Yeah, I'd like that. Because I don't know if you agree with this, Miles, but was this this the game of the year? I mean, some people, the same people that were talking about Michael Smith being back are also calling this the game of the year. Well, those are some some trusty insiders. (laughs) 
I think they're the same parking lot attendant. <laughs> well, anyways, Natron and his band of goons walked into Edmonton after beating the Jets boo in overtime last night. <laughs> or in, the, in overtime the night before. While McDad and his group of ballers are looking to assert a five-point lead over the Kings and a nine-point lead over the Golden Knights, Vegas ended up winning last night. So it's a seven. So a seven-point lead would have been more realistic in the Western Conference playoff race. <clears throat> um, Miko finally getting the start last night. Wait, um, Miko like Koskinen or your cat? Uh, good boy Koski. So Miko Koskinen. <laughs> okay. Yes. Sorry. Continue. <laughs> um. He he got the he got the start last night. Tested very early and very often, but the good news for the team is that they tested Darcy Kemper just as often as the game wore on. Um, this was really a goaltending duel more than anything. Um, like, uh, you got to give credit for Miko Koskinen. He was basically off for like four games and came in and played like he was freaking Andre Vasilevsky last night. <laughs> like he was incredible. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and it's, it's also hilariously kind of like a sliding doors moment as the Oilers came in second when trying to trade for Darcy Kemper, um, this last off season while Colorado traded like a pretty large package that included like a first in Connor Timmons. So it's pretty funny to think about, you know, what would the team look like if Darcy Kemper was the, was, was the goaltender instead of Miko Koskinen or Mike Smith or whatever. This is a perfect example of the of the Garth Brooks hit song "Unanswered Prayers." Man, Kemper's been awesome, though. I, I know, but sometimes I thank God for unanswered prayers. I'm I'm, I'm going to listen to some Garth at the gym today. Oh, but you're going to get a pump of your fucking life when Colin Baton Rouge comes on. Oh, buddy, man. super set season, baby. <laughs> Man, I did. I'll, I'll 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 tell you about it later. My my dad fucking gets down to call him Baton Rouge, um, but uh, Kem the uh, Darcy Kemper, by the way, with two massive stops on Easy Pooly Harvey off of extra spicy. Dishes. Stay in your fucking lane. Oh, sorry. Okay, fine. Darcy Kemper with two massive stops on. He's a there you go off of extra extra spicy dishes from connor which bald sunglasses guy in the driver's seat of an f-150 avatar twitter got very angry at her sweet bison king oh my god the the uh the the front the front facing selfie truck community is angry 96 percent of alberta they were like they were like stop the steal <laughs> But it, it it was so annoying because like while it it it, it was frustrating for Je- for for Yese not to score, it's also just like it he was he was out there getting chances he was forcing turnovers man he was all over pucks all night like I, I swear to God like the guy looked like fucking Mark Stone at points like we need to we need to start like I'm sorry Oiler fans. The people that are not in the analytics crowd or um, pay you know pay attention to the to the other things besides points, um, we need to start appreciating Jesse Poliarvi, please. Okay, because oh, he's been he, a f- monster. We missed him in 1920. We don't want him to leave again. And the 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 play on the ice, as well as the story, as well as the character, we need to keep this guy around. He is important and integral to the future of this franchise. So, 
I understand your frustration when he either misses the net or he fires one into Darcy Kemper's logo on his chest. Please, everybody, let's calm down and appreciate the wizardry of Yesse Poliarvi. Thank you. I looked Seconded. in the camera. I looked in the camera that entire time. <laughs> yeah, um, staring into my eyes. They're 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 intoxicating. That might be the that might have to be like a Twitter clip because <laughs> fucking Oilers Twitter he loves Yesse. Um anyways, game went down to the to the wire, scoreless until five minutes into the third, when Warren Fogel, Fog Daddy sixty nine Hips and Darnell in their shot past Darcy Kemper, putting the Oilers up one nothing in a huge statement game for the Oilers. And this third period, by the way, that start was incredible. They got so many shots on net. They were just fucking tenacious, and it made me so happy to see. I don't care if Colorado's on the second half of a back-to-back. We wouldn't get the, we we wouldn't get that excuse if they were dominating us. So, like. It's it like it is what it is. Yes. Um, ten minutes later, though, a very bad turnover, <laughs> very bad, 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 bad turnover by Darnell Nurse. Did you see this turnover, Miles? I have seen it in the highlight package. Yes. Yeah. So, I I knew the moment that puck turned over that that was going in the net. The moment it happened, because it's like isn't that's that, just it, fucking isn't that just a sinking? But that's just such a sinking feeling too, and it, it, you'll see it, you'll notice it on turnovers where like um, you can kind of like read the writing on the wall, as it were, where like the it's like uh, oh no, it's happening, oh no, it happened, yeah, oh yeah, they're scoring, oh it's yeah, the, it's in the net. It's that it's the, it's that it's it's like it's like that TikTok song. The, oh, oh no, oh, I hate no. that TikTok song. Yeah, it's fucking awful. But that's straight up what it is. Like it was so frustrating to see, and and really just a couple of bad bounces find its finds its way onto Natron stick, tying the game up one one. Um, then, as it looked like the Oilers were about to go to overtime and get a point out of it, Evan Bouchard takes a really stupid <laughs> interference penalty in the last two minutes of the game. Um, however, the Oilers kill it off and push it to OT. Into OT. Nathan McKinnon, after already holding and interfering Connor McDavid, uh, in which Connor McDavid was like, "What's going on?" Like, if if you would have seen like how much he was holding onto him, it was insane. Like McDavid literally had to shake shake McKinnon off of him. Um, Did his uh, best Taylor Swift impression and shook it off. <laughs> Miles is here all week. Actually, no, he's not. Um, <laughs> uh, then Bazinga. <laughs> Oh, you you dropped the bazinga now. Should should I just should I just do next episode? But it's just me and one of me is playing Sheldon, or, and I'm playing two characters. And one of them is Sheldon Cooper. Downloads plummet. <laughs> Unsubscribe. Uh, Nathan McKinnon slashes Connor McDavid uh, in the overtime period, and the Oilers go to the power play and pepper Darcy Kemper with eleven shots on this. <laughs> But none of them find the back of the net, so I am sad. And it, 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 this game is just is just proof in the pudding that the shootout needs to be abolished because this game should not have ended in a shootout. It should have ended with a slick, stunning OT thriller. But instead, we go to a stupid shootout. Nate gets one, and Kemper stones all three Oilers to win, including Leon Dreisaitl, who I think just kind of had enough of the game and <laughs> was the second shooter in the lineup. and. Pulls back, rock star shot, and fucking claps it right into Darcy Kemper's chest. 
I did that in a th- I did that in a ball hockey game <laughs> last season. Did you came score? in on no fuck no, obviously not. Um, <laughs> came in in a shootout and just ripped a snapshot trying to go through the, the goalie's like arm. Um, shot it, just I stopped it. That's Went back happens. to the bench. That's what happens when you have hands of granite. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm a team first guy. Locker <laughs> locker room legend. Um. I didn't get, I didn't get the actual uh oh actually here I have the numbers here. Um but yeah, you know what though, man, like Avalanche won this in the shootout, but I could not be more proud of the Oilers. Like they had a hell of a game. Shots were 50 to 34 Edmonton over the best team in the league, Colorado Avalanche. Face off 60 60 to 40 against the Avalanche. The dot. Um power plays both went over 2, really strong kills by the Oilers. Um, and that's, and they even out, and they even out hit the avalanche as well. Um, but most importantly, this was a good measuring stick game of where do you stand in the hierarchy of the Western conference? Can you compete with the best of the best in the league? And I think that this team has shown that they can absolutely do that. I think the, uh, the Calgary uh, game is more of a blip on the radar more than anything. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was going to say. I was going to be like, because I think any sort of heaters are going to look at that Calgary game and say that, um, you know, that, that this team, that's your, like, that's got to be yeah. taken into account in a measuring stick game. But I agree with you. It's a blip on the radar where you give up seven fucking even strength or nine even strength goals. Right, like, yeah, it's, like that's not realistic. We also, and the Oilers also put five on Jacob Markstrom, so let's stop acting as if Calgary played some perfect game either. Like mm-hmm. it was just, it was just a high flying blowout, and that's what happens. Like sometimes these these type of games happen. Like we need to, like people need to keep that into perspective. Like sometimes Tampa Bay will lose nine to two or something like that. Like it just shit happens, right? And. The thing that I've loved about Jay Woodcroft this entire time is he has preached positivity and learning from these previous games because we can't go into every game expecting a full-blown win and it's going to be a perfect 60 minutes. You have to learn along the way and you have to take little pieces of every game because God forbid this was Dave Tippett in, as the head coach of this game. He would have said some bullshit along the lines of like, you know, guys couldn't score. No, we'll just uh, we'll just move on. We'll see how it works. But Davis Tippett. It's been a while since we've talked about him, but uh, looks like he's living his life in Arizona, <laughs> buying chairs from the Costco and, and just having white white shirt linen parties at, at their nice house. Nolan, um, can I talk goalies for a second? Can I mention the deserved to win a meter quickly with this game? Yes, you sure can. 70% Oilers. <sighs> Expected goals three, 3.82 to 2.33. Let's fucking go. Something that we can, like you said, very proud of this team. Something that we can definitely live with moving forward. Um, Miko Koskinen was the first star of this game. He had 33 saves on 34 shots with a .971 save percentage. He is 25-10-4 on the year, which is a pretty damn impressive run for a goalie to make. Miko's uh, not bad, man. I don't, like when not people, bad. I don't like when people call him a bad goalie. No, we need to get that out of our vocabulary. Darcy Kemper, uh, not to be outdone, had a 49 save performance on 50 shots with a .980 save percentage. He is 34, 9, and 3. So this argument might be a bit of a tangent and might be a bit of a stretch. But if we go back three, two, 
four months, however you want to go. Um, at the start of the season or the beginning of the season, first way in, a lot of people were saying that this Darcy Kemper signing was dog shit and that Darcy Kemper was a bad goalie and he was having a rough start to the year. His numbers weren't great. Um, Colorado was like kind of off to a slow start. Similarly, Miko was having bad games quite frequently. His record was pretty much even. His numbers weren't anything to call home about. But these are two guys that have really settled in as the season's progressed for their teams and been solid backstops that have provided major wins, consistency, and like overall improvement to the teams that they're on. So I'm not saying that Kemper and Koskinen are equal by any stretch of the imagination. I still think Darcy Kemper is a better goalie, but what I'm saying is that they've had a very similar season in terms of performance for their clubs. So we like to see that. We like to see goalies playing well. We like to see goalies getting the recognition that they deserve. And I don't think that Koskinen is getting the recognition that he deserves because he has had a hell of a bounce back this year. So my last question for you regarding this present day Oilers before we'll move on to a couple of others things and then just our, our, our one NHL topic that we have to talk about. Who's your game one starter? Koskinen. Same here. I yeah. think I think he's... I think that the consistency, like Mike Smith probably has the more high of highs, like as in oh, like, for sure, like, the, like, like, like the ceiling is much higher with a guy that, which is I fun, funny to say, because he's a hundred thousand years old, but like the ceiling's higher, but the floor is so much worse. And I think Miko being able to step in with his size and his athleticism, being able to cover all of that ground, and then man, his 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 glove has gotten so much better over the last two years. Like, been honestly, I've 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 liked Miko Koskinen this year, and I've I'm not saying he's a great goalie. I'm just saying though that I think if there's a guy that could maybe steal you a couple series in the playoffs, he could be it. I don't disagree with you, and I think that you... I, I don't even... Seconded. Wonderful. Thank you. Miles, shall we get to um, our prospect? Our Carter Savoy. Is a fucking national champion. His University of Denver Pioneers won the 2022 Frozen Four Championship last night over the Minnesota State Mavericks. This caps off an incredible season by Savoy where he led the Pioneers in goals... He had 23 goals and 45 points in 39 games. Like, fucking awesome. Great to see. Including the overtime winner versus the University of Michigan with, like, their five first-round picks. Yeah, dude, he sent Owen Power to the shadow realm, i.e. Buffalo. (laughs) He's literally starting his Oilers career and ended Owen Power and Ken Johnson's college career. Awesome. We love to see it. So sick. Uh, Jeff Merrick then reported on on the 32 Thoughts portion of the broadcast last night, no free ads, uh, that it's looking like Savoy's college career is going to end on a high note, and he will be signing a three-year entry-level contract with the Edmonton Oilers in the coming days. Holy shit. So we are going to see Carter Savoy probably sliding into Bakersfield and taking over in a lineup that is decimated by injuries right now. (laughs) Um, Man, friggin'... um, uh, uh, Ryan Fanti had his first start last night for the Condors, and I felt so bad for him because there were like five regulars injured in the lineup, including like Holloway and Broberg and Sam Rukov and Lavoie. Sam Rukov and Lavoie are out for the season. 
I've been trying to pay a lot of attention to oil, to the to the freaking condors, but I mean it's exciting to see that Tyler Tulio is or sorry that uh, Carter Savoy is about to become an Edmonton Oiler officially because that was my biggest fear was him to walk to free agency. Yeah, him Adam Foxing his way out of Alberta. Yeah, but he's an Alberta boy. Shut up, okay. Yeah, I um, just I I more so just wanted to take a dig at the Flames. Yeah, that that's okay. Well, actually, speaking of the Flames, um, the uh, the brother of a of a Flames, of a of a Flames prospect, um, I can't remember what the hell his first name is. Uh, but the Oilers signed undrafted free agent center Noah Philp of the U of A Golden Bears and formerly the Seattle Thunderbirds. Um, Philp is a 23 year old right shot centerman and is really just a big prick that can skate and has a bit of skill. He's six three, 198 pounds. That's uh, what we call in the business a big boy. Um, had a great season with the Golden Bears. Eight, eight goals, 11 points in eight games in the regular season, and then three goals and 10 points in four games in the playoffs. Um, dare now, like people that have been signed from like these uni- like U sports programs, it's not totally all that common for guys. Um, but Derek Ryan was a former U sports hockey player and had sort of similar production when he had 17 goals and 47 points in 28 games. Um, Phil probably won't be a star, um, but he's a nice free lottery ticket just to see if his skill might translate um, to at least give Bakersfield some more of a scoring punch at the very least. Um, but it's a nice little, it's a nice little lottery ticket. And I, I like these, I like these undrafted college signings. Dude, especially a guy out of Edmonton, like out of the University of Alberta. Great program. Great program. Um, How can you not root for him? How can you not be excited about a a semi-local product coming onto the Oilers? And again, being uh, you got nothing to lose, right? That's just just a guy you want to see come out, play hard and and have some success. So best of luck to Noah Philp on his uh, ascension to the pros. All right. Well... That basically does it for anything Oilers related. Um, Miles, do you want to talk about Orston Matthews? Orston Matthews, swag god Austin Matthews. Um, <laughs> I'm going to read Nolan's notes here. Austin Matthews needs to be locked up in a mental institution. He broke the Leafs' goal scoring record in a season set by Rick Vive. You don't, you don't, you don't know Rick Vive. I don't know Rick Vive. Oh, I'm not okay. from Ontario. Well, I, I just figured, I think a lot of people know Rick Vive, but that, that's okay. When did he play? Like the 50s? No, he played in like the 80s. Uh, it's basically the 50s. Rick Vive is 62 years old. He played from 1979 <laughs> till 1992. Well, I'm a piece of shit. <laughs> so Rick Vive uh, is, is whose record Austin Matthews broke against the Stars, and then he followed it up last night against Montreal, putting two goals up scoring his 50th and 51st goals in 50 games um won't pass the puck puck hog not an mvp candidate all questions that nolan is asking um no no one no like austin matthews is having a very good year and we need to be as objective as we can be as hockey fans and call a spade a spade and say like yeah he's he's good like he's certified that was sarcasm, by the way. I know, I know, I know. But like, he's certified nasty. <laughs> that was I was doing kind of similar to. Um, I don't know if you've paid attention to uh, Koski Daddy on Twitter at all, but anytime that like the Leafs lose or something like that, he'll he'll post something and it's like, 
It's going to be like Austin Matthews woke up feeling dangerous today. <laughs> like 1% expected goals. It'd be like minus four or something like that. It's like not an MVP candidate at the end of it. But no, I mean, you can only chirp the Leafs for so long. But I mean, they look really, really, really good. And Austin Matthews is damn near automatic to score every night. It's pretty insane like he 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 could genuinely hit 70 this year oh my god you know in holes where like the grandpa is with the camp owner and they're digging they're trying to find uh kissing kate barlow's treasure and she's like wow fucking spoiler alert miles yeah if you haven't seen holes by now mal it's not anybody's fault but your own mal um but there's a i'm tired of this grandpa and he goes that's just too damn bad um I'm tired of this, Grandpa. And by this, I mean hearing about uh, Leafs fans bitch and moan about how Dreisaitl and McDavid shouldn't be an MVP conversation. Yet, uh, yet Matthews is playing with like the fifth best statistical player of the season in Mitch Marner. Yeah, Marner's having an incredible season. He's yeah. like the... he's flying under the radar oh, behind yeah. behind Matthews and Bunting. He's he's found a nice little. Uh, a nice little jet stream to kind of tuck into and just and just keep on rolling, just eating Timbits and playing vids, and he's you loving could, life. You could say he's the chemtrail to that line. I mean, you could, but why would you say that? <laughs> Pretty fucked. <laughs> so I'm giving a platform to conspiracy theorists. Oh my god! Next episode of One for One. <laughs> We're joined by this guy we found outside of the Shell gas station. Next episode of One for One, we're going to dive into Pizzagate. So if we take a snapshot look at the NHL statistical leaders uh, as it sits right now on Sunday, April 10th, we have Connor McDavid leading the league with 108 points. Jonathan Huberdeau in second place with 104. Creepy little dude there in Florida having a crazy season. First Panther to score 100 points in a season. Yeah, pretty. Yeah. Pretty nutty. Pretty nutty. Um, also, the speaking of nutty, uh, Patrick Hornquist scored a goal yesterday, and the Florida Panthers just tweeted "horny" with like a video of Patrick Hornquist, <laughs> which is like so Florida. Um, did like you, what state can you get away with that? That's in? so funny. Um, did you see that? Did you see that Jonathan Huberto actually set a record? No, I didn't. He set the record for assists by a left wing in a season. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, like all that's time. That's really cool. Like that's all crazy. Time. Yeah, that's. He's I at, mean, it goes to show you how many like stars were right wings in the eighties and nineties, but it's still fucking so cool. That is very cool. So we've got McDavid with one hundred and eight, Huberto with one hundred and four, Drysaddle with one hundred and one, Austin Matthews and Jonathan Gaudreau at the time of this recording with ninety nine points. So, uh, barring an act of the Lord, all things considered, Matthews and Gaudreau will finally hit hundred point campaigns, which is very very cool to see for the game. Even though they're on teams that I don't necessarily give a shit about. And you know who won't? Mark Shifley. Mark Shifley. God, do I hate gamer Mark. So Nolan does this thing where he edits players like on NHL to make the game a little more realistic. And yesterday, Mark Shifley got the uh, got the scissors picked out on him. What did you take him down to? I, I So I think he started as an 88 and I brought him down to an 86. I don't hate that. Yeah. So one, th- one thing I do hate, and I want to give a special shout out to a friend of the show, uh, my buddy Ben. 
we were uh, gathered together to celebrate his bachelor party last weekend and we were in Winnipeg and we were watching the Jets and the God. Kings play a game. Um, I got mustered all over myself because I was possibly the drunkest person in Manitoba, whatever. Some people, we're not ready to talk about that, but uh, we went early so that we could watch warmups because we're all, you know, fans of hockey and, and wanted to get as much experience as we could at the game. And like, you know, like Mark Shifley, like has to be the last guy off the ice oh, kind of thing. Yeah. Cause he's a gamer. He, he's so fucking annoying. To, like his presence as a, as a player is just so annoying to watch. I hate him. I hate everything about him. If he ever became an oiler, like I wouldn't even pretend to be happy. No. Cause you know, how, you know how like us, us as homers were like, yeah, you know, this guy's coming onto the team. I think there's like a lot of positives he can bring. If Mark Shifley ever came to the Oilers, I would be like, you know how you're like, attaboy Kaner. I would be, I would be smoking and be like, attaboy Shifer. Like I would hate everything about it. I'm, I fucking hate that guy. I'm, I think that the, b- b- besides the, our favorite team being the Oilers, I think this might be the thing that has drawn us closest as friends is our fucking hatred for Mark Shifley. And it's, it's, it's our, warranted. Our, 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 our biblical or our biblical levels of despising Mark Shifley. Speaking of biblical levels, uh, Rocket Richard race, Austin Matthews, uh, far up front at 58, Leon Dreisaitl with 50, Chris Kreider knocking, knock, knock, knocking on the door at 49, Alex Ovechkin's got 44, and McDavid's got 42. So realistically, we could have five 50 goal scorers in the NHL this quick, season. Uh, quick little, uh, quick little answer. Uh, McDavid hit 50, yes or no? Yes. Same here. I think yeah. he's going to hit 50. I think he's too much of a mutant to not. I think he's going to go off against some team coming up and he's going to fucking score like four goals. Just feast. Yeah, he's going to yeah. he's going to have a Thanksgiving feast. <laughs> he's due for one. So, like you were saying about assists in a single season, Jonathan Huberto leading the national with 77 assists, which is it, it, that's pretty stupid. Mhm. That's nuts. Mm-hmm. Roman Yossi's got 68. He's one away from glory. Artemi Panarin sitting at 67. Connor McDavid at 66. And Johnny Gaudreau at 65. We're not going to talk about plus minus leaders because three out of five of them are flames. Uh, power play points. McDavid's leading the league with 39. Dry at 36. Panarin at 35. Yossi at 34. And Miko Ratten at 33. Vasilevsky's leading the league in wins. He's got 35. Well, tied with UC Saros. UC Saros. Kemper, Shesterkin, and Markstrom are all right there, tied at third with 34. Um, goals against average is kind of a fucking, we're not really going to talk about that because they're not taking games played into account. Same with save percentage. Uh, shots against Connor Hellebuck is just getting shelled. Um, your birth year, 1974, 1974 shots. <laughs> That's how many That's- Connor Hellebuck's faced this year? <laughs> Poor guy. Then in the race for the shutouts, uh, Markstrom very clearly uh, number one at nine. Sorokin's got six. Kemper's got five. Shesterkin's got four. And Jack Campbell's got four. And that's the kind of day it's been. Man, it's going to be a pretty tight race for the for the Vesna this year between Markstrom and Shesterkin. Oh, it's it's fun to watch. It's it, this has been a really, really, really exciting NHL season. Like I can't think of a season. And I don't know if it's because like I care more about hockey now because of the pod or like just a bunch of my friends wanting to watch and talk hockey. But like 
I don't remember hockey being this fun to follow it's in a be- really long time. It's the scoring, man. I'm telling you. Like, the scoring is up to a crazy degree. Goalies are actually far worse this season. I think the, the average save percentage has gone from 9.15. And, like, typically you look at, at 9.15 as league average goaltending. And I think the average this season is, like, 9.03. That's crazy. Yeah, that's pretty nutty to think. Anyways, Miles, shall we wrap it up? I think we shall wrap it up, Nolan, because we have a few games coming up this week. We've got the Minnesota Wild, Tuesday, April 12th, the Nashville Predators on Thursday, April 14th, and the Vegas Golden Knights on Saturday, April 16th. Mini, Nash, Vegas. Oilers are going to finish off the season as the hottest team in the NHL, 3-0. That's confident. I'm saying it now. I'm I'm agreeing with you. I think they're going to finish this week 3-0. And I think the game after Vegas, they are going to punch their ticket to the Stanley Cup playoffs. Let's go, baby. That's I, I want to see. I, all I'm saying is I will not breathe until they clinch. Once they <laughs> clinch, I will, I will, I will fucking... Be... Let the shit posting begin. Yeah. Because... You got a lot of work to do, and you, you got to hope that you can remain in second place and and go up against the Kings and have home ice advantage on the Kings because I do not want to play Vegas in the first round. No, sir. That is horrifying. Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a gross little matchup, but I don't know. We'll see what happens. Let's not put the cart before the horse, and uh, like you said, let's just get into the playoffs. But Nolan, is there anything else you want to talk about? I think we're good. I hope you have. Uh, I hope you have fun off the grid. Um, when are you back? When are you back on the grid? Friday. Okay. Cool. Good Friday. Sounds good. That's a that that is a good Friday. Well, m- maybe for me, but not for you. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But Nolan, looking forward to it. Excited that we were able to get together for a Sunday morning edition of the One for One podcast. I think this has been fun. I had a good time, and it looked like you had a nutritious and delicious breakfast. I did, and I was, I'm really happy that we got to do this basically whispering for an hour and 10 minutes. Rockstar mode. Engaged. So, so cool. We're like Navy SEALs. <laughs> Stolen Valor. <laughs> but on that note, Nolan, it's been a pleasure. If I don't come back from the grid... Um, I wish you well in your future endeavors. <laughs> the fuck? Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. I don't fuck. I don't, I'm such a loser. Thanks for tuning in with us on this season two episode of the One for One podcast. It's been a slice. Enjoy the weather. Go for a walk and get ready for a big week of Oilers hockey. And as always, go Oilers go. Go Oilers go.